Howdy Arabia folks, howdy Arabia. Sorry, I I just had to do that. I, I couldn't resist. But I know for a fact that this weekend none of us will be able to resist the urge and the pressure to just watch the title fight unfold. And that is one of the five things that we're going to discuss on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. This is the Saudi Arabian GP preview and you're listening to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. Let's begin. Hey folks, welcome back into the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. My name is Somal Arora, the host of the Driving Force on Disney Plus Hotstar. And joining me is Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team. And seriously, Kunal, this is unlike any circuit that you would have ever seen in your time at Force India, or for that matter, any of us would have ever seen in our time as a Formula 1 fan. Because seriously, there's only one buzzword going around all the time. Speed, 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 and also construction delays. There's there's a little bit of that as well. Yes, thank you for that, Samuel. Howdy, Arabia. Howdy, Samuel. Howdy, everybody. Uh, I thought, you know, to me, I think uh, the buzzword is going to be human rights, although oh. they're not let you going to talk about it. And this, it's great that, you know, Fettel and Hamilton and maybe even Mick Schumacher are doing what they're doing to... Uh, to represent equality. I know everybody everybody has diverse views about it and, and so on. But yes, uh, you know, on a sporting side of things, high speed is definitely going to be the talk of the town. In fact, it already is, you know. We're recording this on the, the Friday of the Grand Prix weekend. FP1 is just about underway. And uh, F2 had, uh, had delays and operational delays. And you know, the, the funny thing here, Samil, is uh-huh. Formula 2 is junior series not just to prepare drivers for Formula 1. It's also to prepare circuits to host Formula 1 as well. So that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you know, Saudi Arabia failed the Formula 2 test, if I may call it that way. Uh, of course, I'm being harsh. Uh, you know, circuit was, uh, they started developing it just in May this year and uh, pretty Pretty cool how they've turned things around somewhere in such a short time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. How quickly can you build a Formula 1 circuit? But in a way, Kunal, it's making me wonder. A record time for a Formula 1 circuit to be constructed can also be read as record number of labor exploited to make a Formula 1 circuit. Uh, again, it's, it's a common thread around the Middle East. Think of it whatever you might like to. But it's a bit too quick. And, and often with circuits that are a bit too quick to be built up, Kunal, there are, there are things that can be left aside. Maybe you can shed more light on that. Because as you mentioned, F2 is still not able to race over here. Do you think anything like that will happen on the track? Because you can't afford any loose drain covers or maybe unready barrier parts because they're going to be flying through those corners. What is it, like 270, 280 kilometer per hour per, for, through some of those corners? Some are even faster? It's crazy the amount of speed that they're going to carry and the lack of runoff. The lack of runoff, yes. And yeah, Samuel, but just just so I know I know what you meant, but so yeah. that I'm correcting it for our listeners, right? Formula 2 just had FP that was delayed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I, I guess everything else is going to be normally, <clears throat> normally scheduled as it would be so for the weekend. But fingers crossed that this circuit is complete. Fingers crossed that the you know certain uh, barrier sections have been highlighted by a few drivers that if you go in there you're going in perpendicular etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So fingers crossed that everybody has a, a safe time out there 
And if anything, if there's anything that's delayed, like I remember the days of the Indian Grand Prix, it's okay if the flush systems and the WCs don't work <laughs> for the, the first day when the teams arrive or if they are clogged up uh, with the plumbing systems there or something, that's at least manageable. But yes, uh, exciting. I think the, the, other, the other buzzword that will be of the circuit is narrow. Mm. Uh, lots of fast flowing uh, sections uh, and, and uh, you know, we don't know how overtaking is going to be. We were all pleasantly surprised by it in Qatar. And uh, we had three DRS zones in, in, um, in, uh, in Jeddah. So let's see how, how even the overtaking quotient stacks up uh, on Sunday. Three DRS zones, a gajillion corners into one circuit. But call it whatever you might like to Kunal, but just... The place where it's constructed and the atmosphere that's come about, it is just tremendous. You've got to give it to them. It's, it's, right, it's right at the bay. I mean, the sea is in there. They've constructed, I think, an artificial water body inside the circuit as well. I mean, much like Circuit Shield Wheelnerve, but, you know, more advanced, more modern, if you might like to call it that way. What are your expectations for the track, Kunal, all things considered? Because from the onboards, the only, only thing we can tell is, Man, if anyone's going to have a shunt over here, that is going to be expensive. And that's the one thought going around everywhere. Yes, you know, and, and a shunt or an opening lack mistake, you nudge a competitor, you could have some, you know, exciting uh, moments that could, unfortunately, uh, you know, end up messing somebody's championship chances. And, you know, we've got championship uh, battles uh, for P1, for for P3, for P5, I mean in the drivers' uh, championship uh, itself. So uh, let's hope it's clean. Let's hope people don't really do a, a botas in Hungary, if I may call it that way. And uh, yes, you know uh, the other thing, you know, Saudi Arabia is clearly going for the fastest street circuit in the world. Uh, that kind of a tag. Uh, it's also the longest street circuit, uh, you know, 6.2 kilometers or something. So if you hit trouble at the start or the middle of the, the of your circuit during a competitive session, it's a long way back to the pits in itself, right? So lots of factors that teams will learn, that fans will learn as uh, every lap is driven around the Jeddah Corniche circuit, Samal. But what is that one part that excites you the most, Kunal? For me, personally, apart from just the spectacle of racing right next to the bay, which I've imagined with Mumbai a million times, and I'm sure most of you who are listening in India have also thought of something like that. But apart from that factor, Kunal, there's this one corner, and I don't know which one, and I, I guess you've got to excuse me for that because there are a million corners at the circuit, but there's this one corner coming in from the second straight heading towards the third one. It's a fast left-hander, swoops in, you just have a second to turn in right hand and then back onto another straight. That, that one section really gets me. And the speed they'll be carrying in there, the way the barrier is so close, ah, the onboards will be tremendous. But your thoughts on that, Kunal? Which corner excites you the most? You know, that corner actually reminds me of the final corner we used to have in Sepang. Oh, yes. Right? Uh, you 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 know, there's a back straight, you turn left, it's a bit of a hairpinish, and then you come on to the front straight. And that's that's that reminds me of Sepang, at least uh, from how I remember the circuit maps. But there is something common between mm-hmm. uh, the, the designer who designed Sepang International Circuit and now the Jeddah Corniche Circuit. Of course, you guys know this, but yes, it is Tilke. But it's not Herman Tilke who's done Saudi Arabia. It's his son, uh, Karsten, I think, if yeah. I remember the name correctly. 
he has actually designed Saudi Arabia. So Sepang was his father, Saudi Arabia is his son. And by the end of this weekend, I hope we don't have one more Tilke to not like so much. <laughs> I hope I hope this is a Tilke we really love and we're like, oh, go get a Tilke, go get Karsten Tilke to make the circuit, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but talking talking about the corner that's going to excite me the most is turn 13. Uh-huh. It's got a 12 degree gradient and it's a banked corner. Uh, we know banking and trouble Mercedes from Sanford, at least that we remember different degrees of banking, but nevertheless. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, it'll allow for multiple lines through the corner. So maybe it'll spice up some racing. Maybe Fernando Alonso is going to be the one who'll spice it up as he always does. And uh, also a note to you and to all our listeners. Yes, there are a gazillion corners. It's 27 corners officially. Some of the corners are literally like a snake. You know, you're turning left, turning right, turning left, turning right. And that's like, wow, I've been through four corners already. You know, so I expect commentators, I expect pundits, I expect experts to also goof up what corner numbers and names and places drivers were at when certain things happened. So don't be too hard on yourself, guys. And just give them a name. Just just add something special like maggots, Beckett's Chapel, Vale, Stowe. You, you remember those things, right? C24. Ah, who's going to remember that one? But point is, Skimmy Raikkonen came up into the Formula 1 interview booth today and said that the way to learn this circuit is really interesting. I mean, he didn't call it interesting. We think that it's interesting, or at least so I hope so. He said that to, we, to learn this circuit, you just have to break between 100 and 50 meters and just... Guess whether it's a left-hand corner or a right-hand corner and just dive your way through because that's how most of the corners are. And fun fact, it's actually not the only circuit in Saudi Arabia still being constructed for Formula 1. There's another coming up outside of Riyadh as well. So they're probably putting in some money in there. But it's come at a good time, Kunal. It's come at a time where there's this big debate about the championship. Two races left to go. I know, it, it's been a slow build. And, and just like a very good biryani, a, a slow build ends up giving you the best finish at the end. And there's this debate about engines. Your thoughts on the engine thing. Red Bull might just be taking another one. I think that's probably Helmut Marco just playing with everybody. <laughs> that's my reading. But yes, you know, the penalty for taking a fifth ICE is just five places uh, on the grid. So... Even if they choose to do that, it's a strategic penalty that that they would call it. So, you know, Toto Wolf called Max Verstappen's driving in Monza with uh, uh, over Lewis Hamilton a tactical foul. Now they're all doing strategic fouls, if you ask me. You know, they're, they're of course, misusing uh, a rule that they themselves wrote down for taking the fifth ICE. Uh, but yes, engines, you know, uh, that's that's always the talk of the town. And I liked how Helmut Marko said, we are not taking one in Saudi, but we might take one in Abu Dhabi, which just sounds extremely strange. Maybe he's just playing with, uh, with everybody. But I think uh, the other thing at the back of the Red Bull is what everyone's eyes are going to be on, which is the DRS wing. And, uh, you know, the rear wing in itself, you know, Red Bull were troubled through the triple header. In fact, they've been troubled several races of the year. Could they have, you know, sorted it out now that they had an extra weekend uh, to play things around with? Uh, of course, they can't solve it because, you know, it needs a token and they don't have any more tokens for 2021. So could they have found a temporary fix, which is better than just putting duct tape on it? God knows. But yes, that's that's going to be the, uh, the the thing I'll sort sort of look forward to. And then 
Lewis is bringing his Brazil spec spicy engine back into the mix. So talks have been, you know, about the same performances because Lewis has had almost a four tenths, uh, more than a four tenth gap in qualifying in Brazil and then in Qatar. So will that trend continue? And then likewise, you know, depending on which uh, drivers camps you read news from, there was there was this talk that Honda was holding back some power uh, from Max's uh, engine to release more 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 of that in the next two races. So it all depends who who you sort of want to win are believing will win will have the better package. And actually, there's one more stat which will come up. Right, Lewis Hamilton has won seven out of ten night races. Ooh. That's the stat that came up in the in the week building up to uh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So that was what that came up. And then the Max Verstappen camp actually put up saying Max has won two out of two street races in 2021. (laughs) So now it's about who's won a street race that was held at night. And that's what we know on Sunday. Has he won two out of two though? Because last I remember, he didn't really win at Singapore, did he? So there was... That? No, no. It, it was Monaco and then Baku, of course. Baku, ah, he crashed. Okay, in 2021. In 2021. Okay, in, ah, yes, yes, that's yes. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> I love how spicy it's getting between the two of them. And and this talk about the engine, talk about the wing, talk about so much more. But even Momentum Canal, it's Hamilton's first title chasing uh, since 2016. And the last time we were in this situation, there was the famous, oh, no, no, quote after his engine failed in Malaysia. Not saying anything like that should happen or will happen. Knocking on wood, I want to see a clear fight. But we've seen that this is a situation that Lewis hasn't quite been in very often. And, I mean, unfortunately for, for Max, he hasn't been in this case as well. So uncharted territory here as well. Who do you think the momentum really is on the favor of? Because after last weekend, one might be compelled to say Lewis, but there's a good gap over there. Only 18 points that Max needs to overscore by Lewis, overscore Lewis. So, so either way, no? Well, I think the momentum is in Formula One's way, Sonal. Mm. Because, you know, each time uh, we think, oh my God, Lewis will be the, you know, be, be the one under pressure. He's going and attending charity galas somewhere around the world. Then we think, okay, Max would be worried. You know, he's been, uh, he's been outraced two races in a row. He didn't have the package to respond. And then what does Max do? He sits on a on a sim race uh, session, uh, goes and have some uh, has some fun with his uh, you know mates on on chat during the session and so on. So, I think the two drivers are definitely not the ones who'll be bothered about momentum. But you're absolutely right about the fact that Lewis hasn't really chased the title since now. It's four years if we were to count this as the fifth, and then Max Verstappen hasn't really won a title even in junior Formula. So. Lots of uh, first times happening, uh, you know, and and it's 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 exciting to see how two different personalities are are you know sort of able to deal with the same levels of uh, you know pressure. And of course, when I say same levels, it's different, but in the yeah. same moments of pressure. Actually, Kunal, I, I'm going to ask this question to you for the first time this year. I, I cannot believe it's been. 20 or 19 odd races, I've lost count. That since March, essentially, the first time we're asking this on the podcast, who's winning the title, Kunal? Now, now, now is the time. Who do you think gets it? I think Max Verstappen is going to get the title. That's just my, my feeling. Uh, it will be in Abu Dhabi. I think F1 is doing all they can to make it in Abu Dhabi. But yeah, that's just the gut feeling. I think 
let's let's address you know this whole thing about uh, engines and should should yeah. should mercedes take a new one should red bull take a new one i think it's also not fair that we are attributing uh, engine changes to lewis's rise in performance yeah he is the challenger he has to pull out something especially he did that in brazil and in qatar you may or may not like lewis hamilton but that's he, that's what he did okay uh was it only down to the engine absolutely not i just think mercedes has found something really uh you know interesting in their setup which is which is what lewis is able to dig into and deliver his hammer time performances from and that said you know red bull has lost time not just to mercedes but to the field overall as well so that's just the timing of when this has happened you know at some point the both the packages had to peak and maybe red bull's package has peaked and now they're just hoping that the 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 cushion that you know max has built on lewis just helps him through till the end and who knows if it's the point for the fastest lap that will decide the title or the points because they've desperately been working on that for so many months now and it all adds up what 20 odd points for fastest laps throughout the season that's a ton but that's kunal's prediction i know all of you folks listening are biting your lips at the thought of this challenge coming up i i'm going to go for lewis not for the sake of diversity Although Lewis Hamilton diversity, yeah, that kind of gels in well. But uh, I think his performances are just too good, and he can make up that deficit. But hey, it's not the be all, the end all, right? Even if I say Lewis or Kunal says Max, it doesn't mean that it's going to be exactly that. So just wait and watch to see which one of our predictions work out well. But constructors, Kunal, they the things are a little bit more unpredictable. I mean, if you can call it that way, because you're also relying on another set of drivers to do their job properly, and that's something that. that's been very on and off i mean that's been the trend with both red bull uh, red bull second driver and mercedes is second driver and bottas now with a puncher in qatar perez's form always being uh, a wall if you can call it that way <laughs> this this i think from an excitement perspective ran second but from the unpredictability aspect this has to be the number one battle of the year and who knows where red bull versus mercedes is going to go especially after the barbed wire shots that both Toto Wolff and Christian Horner are hitting to each other every week i think they're going to write to each other at least two more times in the year <laughs> like we did the wolf and horner show episode just a few days ago but to my mind somel this is not the most exciting after max and lewis and i'll come to what's the most exciting okay mm-hmm. but yes perez versus botas uh, you know battle for uh, the constructors championship between red bull mercedes very very exciting to see what happens uh you know for example since the race in turkey checo perez has scored 19 more points than valtteri bottas so he's sort of you know turned his deficit around and we don't know who's how's it going to be uh for p3 in the in the drivers championship as well so coming to the battle which for me is most exciting is p5 Mm. in the drivers championship lando norris being chased by carlos sainz junior and charles leclerc and the gap between norris and leclerc is just one point and oh. i think sainz is another seven or eight points away and a half whichever the number is you know sainz is going to be that point half a point five extra away or or closer oh this is crazy you know what if they tie don't go and count back just just set up a virtual F1 2021 race at Vietnam of all places just so that we get to see a race there at least once and see which one of 
Carlos, not Carlos, which one of Leclerc or Norris will be the faster one? I mean, it's 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 crazy, right? Two of the younger generation fighting for P5 definitely don't deserve to be P5 considering how their talents are. But ah, this is crazy. But ah, I think I'm going to just make a prediction day today. Your thoughts on who ends up winning this, Kunal? I would say Leclerc gets it. Uh-huh. Although if McLaren's Monza pace and form is anything to oh. go by, Okay, don't rule out McLaren for this weekend's Grand Prix. It's low drag, low downforce, the kind of setup it works. Daniel Ricciardo needs a bad, you know, he very badly needs a good result. So yeah. uh, I think McLaren, Lando Norris, they'll be in the in the mix of things uh, today. And can they pull out a bit of a gap? Let's remember, just two races remain. And if it's uh, advantage McLaren in um, in Saudi Arabia... It's almost 50, you know, 50-50 as to, you know, which circuits might suit uh, which of the teams out there, Samal. Yeah, exactly. And Kunal, before we move on to a word about Williams and their weekend, uh, what about Gasly? What about Alpha Tauri? We discussed in depth in the last episode about where their pace went. But street circuit, common knowledge would say that if you qualify up here pretty well, I think you can maintain a good position. So stars could be aligning in a way. It could be, you know, qualifying, uh, track position, all of that will be very important. DRS trains, we will see drivers wanting to give DRS and uh, slipstreams and all all the regular stuff. But yes, Pierre Gasly, uh, he has single-handedly brought Alpha Tauri in the P5 battle with Alpine. Uh, He may not be able to get them the P5, but just what he's done is incredible. And uh, But before we move on, Samuel, you haven't told me your prediction for the Norris, Leclerc and Sainz battle. You know, I saw that for P1, we have Mm. different choices. Do we have different choices for P5 as well? No, uh, I think I'm going to go for Charles Leclerc here as well. I I just can't bet against him considering how things are going right now. I want to be proven wrong though. I I want to see a good fight in this case. And maybe, maybe Sainz doing something extraordinary. Maybe some bad luck involved. Who knows? That'll be fun as well, considering how good of a year he's had and how many good results were taken away from him through no fault of his own. I mean, Sochi comes to mind, right? Where the car just wasn't there, but his driving was impeccable. I want to see him do pretty well in that case. So, yeah, here is a really good fence-sitting prediction. Thank you so much. I'll I'll teach you the art (laughs) of that later on. But Williams, Colonel, before we wrap up, uh, uh, we unfortunately couldn't quite talk about Sir Frank in the last episode that we recorded about uh, Toto Wolf and Christian Honor. But really, even though the family may not be involved in the team right now, it has to be such an emotionally charged weekend for them, right? Considering how big of a leader he was to the team, uh, more of a more of an inspirational figure in terms of how he set up the team because he wasn't quite managing it to to this day. But it, it's quite something, isn't it? The legacy he's left behind and how there's only good things to speak about him. Oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always at a loss of words because you know Sir Frank was so phenomenally inspiring for his on track as well as off track pursuits. And when I say on track, of course, not when he was racing, but when he was running mm. Williams as he did, and then his crash and and so on, and uh, very very motivating, I would say. And somehow, you know, life always has a way of sort of showing us some, uh, you know, connections, if I may put it that way. So one of the first few global sponsors to sponsor the Williams racing team back in the 70s was the Saudi airline, which is the national airline of Saudi Arabia and then several other sponsors that came in. And guess what? You know, Sir Frank passed away just in the week 
of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix as well. So uh, iconic, most definitely. People usually speak of Enzo Ferrari for what he's done uh, with Ferrari as 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 a brand, as a company, as a team in general. But you know, uh, so Frank Williams, of course, uh, had his own path, had had his own uh, le- has his own legacy. And uh, I'm sure Williams racing in itself. I, I really hope that Doralton Capital uh, keeps, uh, you know, keeps up the name just to commemorate the awesome career that that he had and the the awesome presence he's had in the world of Formula One. Just plucky, right? Not not totally innovative, hundred percent. I mean, when, when someone of this caliber ends up passing away, you often end up throwing words like "oh, inspirational, innovative, uh, revolutionary." But he wasn't that. He was just very gritty, and that's what the Williams team was in the mid eighties and the mid nineties. Very gritty, just kept on fighting through, and eventually, I mean, you saw the amount of world champions they've produced. But I was just thinking about it in the midweek. What if we had that Saudi delivery come back for this weekend? It would be tremendous. But tremendous things are around the corner all the way through. I hope you like this episode and I also hope that you have a good time watching the championship battle till the end of the year, which is essentially in 14 days. So have a good time with that, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode, Kunal. This was really a lot of fun. And I hope to see you guys on Monday morning when we review the Saudi Arabian GP and see how it went. The track will be complete, by the way, so don't worry about it. But how it went and who finally has the upper hand heading into Abu Dhabi. This will be fun. See you, folks. Thank you, Samuel. See you guys. Bye-bye.